0: Discovering your why and avoiding burnout as a runner. Remembering why we started running in the first place can be important because sometimes we get caught up in the day-to-day aspects of training and chasing big goals that sometimes we lose sight of what got us here in the first place. As fall races are approaching, we sometimes get caught up in these time goals and sometimes when we're really hyper focused on these time goals it can consume so much of our thoughts about running so much of our uh, mental headspace even when we're on runs it can just make everything be so hyper focused on this one goal and we start to kind of lose sight of our why so today we are going to be chatting about some of the benefits of running and maybe just some of our reasons for why we started running in the first place and i know this is kind of a little bit of a different podcast than what we typically do but the reason that we're releasing this podcast right now during this time of year is we often find that runners have put in a lot of the training over the summer they loved the process they enjoyed um, doing their training and then all of a sudden we start talking about putting a time-based goal on all of the training that they have put in and so sometimes it can just be a tough transition going from really focusing on that process of training to okay here's your goal race um here let's talk about pacing plans let's talk about goal times and it becomes really prevalent i mean on social media you start to see people talking about you know their time goals for races and i know as a coach i start to get a lot of emails um From athletes just wondering, hey coach, like where do you think I'm at in terms of time goals? So Jason, how do you start to approach this time of year where your athletes are wanting to really narrow down into time specific goals? Because obviously that is important in terms of like pacing and stuff like that. But how do you Mm -hmm. get athletes to kind of see that zoom out big picture approach during this time of year?
1: Yeah, this is definitely a loaded kind of topic. And obviously, um, it's easier for athletes if they've done other races to be able to set up maybe a targeted goal, right, for that distance, Um, just because we have something we can kind of compare it to. Um, I find it more challenging for those athletes that it's their first race in maybe six months or something like that, you know, and it's a big race, too. So maybe it's a marathon or a half marathon. Um, That's the challenge, right, is figuring out how do we set up a time that um, is not only going to challenge them, but it's going to be attainable. And it's not out of, you know, too far out of reach. And so, um, over the course of workouts and through the training cycle, you know, we'll, we'll have conversations about um, workouts and just preparing, um, you know, why we're doing a certain workout and how that's going to help them on race day. And so, I think the biggest thing is just to go in feeling confident and setting yourself up um, for success. So, don't have a goal that's too far out of reach. And so, right. that's why it's helpful to have a benchmark, either a previous race distance or you know, even doing like a 5K, 10K, 10 miles, something during training so that you sort of have an idea of where that runner's at.
0: Yeah, and I think when you start to talk about time goals, it's just pretty much nothing new, right? So we always like to say nothing new race race in terms of like fueling, but also like none of this is going to be new. So it's going to be a reflection of all of the work that you've already put in. And so I think that's just a really important part to think about and reflect on is like you've already done all the work and as we're entering like taper time there's not really much that we can do um, outside of what has already been done when it comes to setting those race day goals and so you want to be setting goals that are a reflection of the work that you've put in and then putting yourself in a position where you're going to have a positive experience on race day so setting like you said realistic attainable um, and even challenging goals right so Uh, I think it is important to talk about having time goals, and I know we've talked about this on previous podcasts of how you can kind of assess Mm -hmm. that in terms of like looking at your workouts and looking at the paces you are hitting, looking at your background as a runner, but I think when it comes down to it, sometimes people want to really place this high emphasis on that time goal but really i think it's important to like back up zoom out and look at let's look at all the training you've put in and remember that that is the most important aspect of running i think sometimes people get really caught up in those time goals so do you ever have any advice for people who are really just really excited and attached to a specific time goal um right now and kind of losing (sighs) sight of that
1: yeah. I mean, I definitely do. And a lot of times it just seems to be athletes that maybe don't race very frequently or they're picking a race, um, that's maybe close to home or it's just kind of convenient for them to travel to, but it doesn't necessarily, um, uh, fall into like a good weather count part of the year or possibly like a fast course. And so they had this time they really want to achieve, mm-hmm. but they're really not like making sure, um, they're just choosing like the best possible time in race to do that race at or gaining the experience they need to be able to show up and do that race either. So I think it's a, it's a really multifaceted um, question. And when we think about how to set someone up for success on race day, we have to look at all their previous workouts and their previous um, race experience. Um, look at the course, look at the hills, mm-hmm. look at the weather. Um, what did they train in versus what is it going to be like on race day? What were their long runs like? Um, and so all of these factors, what is the fueling like? Um, because if it's going to be hot or it's going to be extra hilly that's going to you know put a lot more um, need for more more fueling more nutrition um, on race day and so it's just um, it's definitely a fun thing to think about but I think a lot of times we we get so wrapped up in the time but mm-hmm. we forget about all the other important factors that go into the time and the performance
0: right and maybe some people are really like driven by time goals and that's really like what gets them going and that's like their why like that might actually be the case for some people mm-hmm. I know um, I can't speak for other people but I know some people are a lot more competitive than I am and so sometimes like their why is like, wanting to beat people like in races or on Strava and um I mean that can be your why right so like what are some of the whys of running Jason what are like reasons that you run
1: yeah you know and this has changed for me over the years because I used to be very competitive not only with myself but with other runners that maybe I ran with in college right or I ran with um previously on on a certain road race maybe it was like a 5k and now I'm going to race them in a 10k or a half and so um, you know, I always used kind of time and I guess place as sort of like a, uh, a motivator for me to want to run a certain, uh, performance at a race. And so the older I got though, I started to realize that, um, you know, it wasn't always fair to just pick a, pick a time or a course mm-hmm. or a race and like expect to run a certain time there. Um, especially after coming off of like some, maybe some time off or just maybe a season where I wasn't running as much. Um, then I started to maybe think about, well, what would be a good time based on maybe where I was like six months ago or three months ago that sort of thing and so then just trying to help my um just trying to think about how do i really motivate myself to get training and to get to where i want to be um but maybe not compare myself to previous versions of myself when i was more fit so i guess i'm sort of unique example i know other people um maybe they are fitter than they've been in the past mm-hmm. and so it's like how do you how do you deviate away from a time goal i think it's more about um you gotta fall in love with the day-to-day grind. So Mm -hmm. the workouts, the mileage, um, whatever it is that helps you get out the door.
0: Right, yeah, and for some people, what might help them get out the door is thinking about like beating people. And so I know that might sound like crazy. I don't, that's not what really, that's not my why, but I don't want to like devalue, like some people that might be like why they run. So just kind of knowing like what makes you tick and what gets you excited and knowing that that can change over time. So I've been a competitive runner for, um, you know, a decade now I've been doing marathons and for a really long time, what motivated me was time goals. Like I have an accounting degree. I love like measuring progress. I loved paces, time goals. It was like, it really got me going it got me from like a 408 marathon down to 314 in a relatively short period of time Um, but then after I kind of ran that 314 just it didn't do it for me anymore Mm -hmm. and I kind of spun my wheels for a long time I kept trying the same techniques to get myself going or on race day I would just be like okay let's let's nail this time goal and I just kept finding that like I would just lose focus. I just wasn't present. I kind of gave up during a lot of races. And so for a couple of years there, I just kind of floated, was going through the motions with my running. And I was a little bit kind of confused as to like why I'm even doing this in the first place. And I even remember one marathon that I ran, I finally broke the 314 PR, but it was almost four years later. Um, And I had just been trying to do it so many times. And I finally did by like a minute. I was actually, it was almost like a devastating moment in my running career because I realized like, oh my gosh, that did nothing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really tough and I took a lot of time off of running just trying to figure out like, why is this not working Mm -hmm. anymore? And I think the moral of the story there is, don't force something if you feel like, you know, your why has changed, that's, that's totally fine and normal and it will morph over time. Like as you change as a person, as you grow or as like your season of life changes, you might realize that like, what used to motivate you or goals that you used to have for yourself, maybe they're not in line with what you're currently valuing. And so then moving forward after that race and taking time off, I took several months off. And finally, when I started training again, um, I kind of stopped really having these high pressure goal races. I started just figuring out what my why was again. And a lot of that, you know, it might sound kind of, weird to say but a lot of it is I want to be healthy I want to look good feel good sort of situation and that's really where a lot of my motivation for getting out in training comes from so obviously I want to perform well at races but it's really only mentally I want to be able to push myself to where I know I can go mentally and physically it's less based on like what my watch says so if I know on a race if I like push myself as hard as I could or I you know stayed mentally tough I can just be like oh I'm really proud of that performance regardless of like what the watch is saying or what other people around me are doing if that makes sense.
1: Yeah and for me too I, I think back to when I kind of got out of college I was running a lot of like road races pretty much all distances and um, what motivated me was the competition yep. and the time, right? And so I didn't love the training. I just loved yep. doing the races. I loved to compete. And so I forced myself to do these workouts, right? Yes. Um, I lacked a lot with, like, the the overall volume, like the mileage, the easy runs, the 80% uh, principle, I guess you could say. Um, and so I think over time that sort of set me up for, like, a little bit of burnout, but mainly just um, more injury-prone, um, injury Um going through certain injuries and then i I started to realize that i i really didn't enjoy racing as much as i got into my late 20s early 30s then i started to realize i you know i just i enjoy going out for runs um and then it kind of shifted oh now i like doing workouts and so it's kind of evolved it's changed for me over the years and um you know as an adult runner i think it's normal to go through phases right where maybe you don't want to do a race for a while Um, And for some of my athletes that I coach, I notice that a lot of times some of them aren't very motivated. And then if I recommend doing a race and then they sign up for one, a lot of times that just ignites the spark where they... All of a sudden had this like new energy for running and they all of a sudden want to do another 5k or maybe it's like move up in distance and try like a half that fall or whatever it is. And so I think like you mentioned something earlier and it was uh, techniques used in your training and that just made me think of that, how we need to switch things up on occasion in order to stay motivated and to kind of redefine our love of the sport.
0: Well, and that's what this topic is a little weird because I, I hear it sometimes like on podcasts. We'd be like, remember your why and stuff. And I always be like, gosh, I really don't have um, like a, I don't really have like a really motivational. Like I can't tell you like some super motivational, inspiring thing that gets me going. Like there isn't really like a, a huge why there. And sometimes I think people th- think they need to have this like really you know oh I'm doing it because like for some selfless reason like they can be really selfish reasons like it can be like oh well I want to look a certain way or I want to feel good or I just want some time away from my kids like there can be reasons like that why you run um, but I think just kind of being in tune with what it is that gets you going because In those examples, it helps you to get out the door. So, like, your athletes who aren't maybe feeling it, they're not feeling really motivated, and then you're like, hey, we should get a race on the calendar because they're someone who gets really motivated and they have a why there with the race on the schedule. So I think knowing that about yourself, there is really no right or wrong. It's just figuring out what makes you tick. And when you were really into your competitive stuff, like, that's what got you out the door Mm -hmm. was thinking about those races, was you know, maybe running with a friend where you could be a little competitive. Sometimes that is what gets you going. And I have friends that I train with where they are really competitive and they, that's like what gets them going. And so sometimes running with me is like what gets them excited. And so I, you know, I run with them and that's, it, it gets them going. And one thing that I wanted to bring up in this podcast was just the whole quote from Viktor Frankl, um, Man's for Search for Meaning, which is a book that comes up a lot. It's a very popular book, but it's um, a man who's talking about his experience um, in the concentration camps during the Holocaust. And so you might think, well, what does that have to do with running? But really, it's like a philosophy-based book. I um, read it in high school during like a philosophy class and have gone back to it several times because there's just so many um, interesting concepts in the book that I think can be related to like any part of A struggle or challenging part of your life that you can take some of these quotes and and utilize it. And one of them was basically the whole sum of the book. This one quote kind of sums it all up: "Is he who has a why to live can bear almost any how." And so what he said kind of in the book is that sometimes he would see this light kind of like in people when they're in the concentration camps, and they would be able to. You know, survive for longer because they had like a reason of what they were gonna do once they got out or whatever. And sometimes he would see people where they they would like lose that sight or that why and um, pass away shortly thereafter because they just kind of lost hope. And so that is a little deep, right? But I think the concept of that of knowing like why you're doing something can really help you you know perform better be more consistent show up maybe with a little bit better of an attitude or more enthusiasm um when you're doing like a difficult task
1: yeah well that's really interesting and you know it got me thinking about maybe why people lose their their why um or why they quit running i guess for a while and it to me it's probably one of like maybe three reasons it could be they just don't have the energy right because time just zaps them so they feel really unmotivated um, another reason might be they've f- they just have too much on their plate. Maybe they're motivated, but they just can't find the time to squeeze the runs in, right? And I see that a lot with athletes. Um, and then other athletes maybe just don't see the point because they weren't maybe getting the results that they were
0: right. uh, wanting.
1: And so I think wherever you might fall in one of those three camps, I feel like that pretty much sums up where people would fall if there's a reason why they're not running, right? And so I think you within that, you have to start to think about – you have to peel back the layers and look at, well, what would – um, what's the reason I'm thinking this way and is there a different way I could frame up the mm-hmm. importance of running so that I'm actually kind of motivated to get out and do it so for me as the older I got I started to realize like hey I was more productive if I got out for a run and so um, when the only reason I quit, I kind of stopped running for a bit was cause I thought I had like way too much to do. And so it just wasn't a priority, Right. but then I realized, well, I was kind of not really optimizing my, um, productivity in these areas. Um, so I actually needed to kind of take a break and just get away for a while. And then when I come back, I was able to like think more clearly. So it helped me in that sense. Um,
0: I think a lot of people can relate to that. I mean, I have so many athletes where it's like they they have like a black or white kind of mindset when it comes mm-hmm. to running. So like, let's say circumstances changes, season of life changes. A great example is COVID nineteen pandemic, right in twenty twenty. For some people, didn't really impact their running at all. Other people started running more. But for you know, there's probably a twenty five percent of people what I what I did see happen as just as a coach and just observation, um, is that they kind of scaled back a lot and then some people were like what's even the point of doing short runs because i was running you know 30 40 miles a week and now what's the point of just doing these these shorter runs because maybe their why um, prior to the pandemic was performance related and so you wipe out every single race (laughs) you wipe out The chance to compete you wipe out these events and all of a sudden people have no no reason to run and we actually struggled with that you know as a coaching company because boom all of a sudden i mean obviously because of job loss that sort of thing as well but there were a lot of people who straight up just um kind of quit running and a lot of that i think stemmed from races being canceled and then the whole idea of wow I'm working from home i have kids i don't have time to to go out on a run and so i my performances are going to slip and then it's just like this whole cascading effect of what is the whole point and so people really lost that why and sometimes in seasons like that if you still want to like participate in running and you're feeling like it's just i can't mentally get to that place sometimes it's you have to figure out a new why and that can be a challenge for people because if the one thing that you've been doing and motivating yourself to run for the last decade of your life isn't there anymore and you have to find like a new why, it can almost be like you're hitting your head against the wall.
1: Yeah, for me, it kind of always goes back to like the health benefits, right? And the um, the reason I want to get out and run is just to not only keep my like weight in a healthy range and everything, but it's mainly just to feel good. And when I'm running, I'm typically a lot more cognizant of like making sure I get good sleep or right. uh, I'm taking care of like so- sorenesses in my body, making sure I'm replenishing, I'm eating well. i um, just kind of doing a lot of like those little things. And not to mention, I know that it helps with like stress management, right? And getting out and getting the fresh air. And so um, I don't, I, I've shied away over the years of the whole time concept and even mm-hmm. doing races to mainly just looking at it as more like, um, I do this for, for me and for like health benefits.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think that's really important to like, remember those reasons that you're doing it. Cause there's so, there's so many benefits and sometimes I think we can just lose sight of like the very basic things. Like there's such a trickle down effect with running. Um, it helps with your sleep. It can help you just stay active. It helps you get out in nature. Um, it helps you get that vitamin D. Like there's so many little things that once you remove, running like you're kind of removing from your life and so I think it just is one way that you can like hit all of those things at once like helps you get your steps helps you get out in nature helps you get fresh air helps you stay active (laughs) helps you like stay connected with your social circle like if you're um if you have running friends there's just so many benefits and so sometimes focusing more on those things can help if you're like in a funk where you just feel like you don't really uh have a reason, Because sometimes you can get in one of those funks where you're a little lost and wandering around trying to figure out what is your why. Um, another thing I wanted to talk on this podcast about was the time goals, because as we are approaching these fall races, I know, I mean, people will put time goals in my mouth sometimes. Like, they'll tell me, Oh, are you gonna run this time at a race? Like, that, I mean, it's just like a conversation starter for people. And I don't think people are trying to be rude, but I think there is a lot of pressure that is put on runners, especially um, if you have like a following on social media or if whatever yeah probably just if you have a following on social media or if you're telling someone that you're training for a race um and they're also a runner they can you know be curious naturally about like what your goals are and so sometimes when people are asking like what are your goals and you don't really like have a clear cut goal or your goal sounds a little like weird like I don't know I just want to run fast like I want to have a good right. race or I want a negative split People will maybe be like, oh, are you trying to run X time, Y time? How do you, um, oh, yeah. like, you've seen people ask me that. Like, when we were <laughs> at Boston last year, people were like, oh, are you trying to, like, break three? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm definitely not. And I think people for a really long time put that goal in my mouth. Um, and I I mean, it's it's flattering, and it's I know it comes from, like, a good place. But at the same time, I also feel like this added pressure almost and it can sometimes kind of stand in the way of like why am I really doing this in the first place
1: yeah those kind of small side conversations you have with strangers at like (laughs) expos or the day before the race I feel like they always ask those like follow-up probing questions to try to get that time out of you because they want to kind of just know where you fall on the scale right and kind of have their own perception of, of how fast you are, but, um, weird. you know, when, when athletes come to us and I, I, or let's say it's their first race in a while and i start talking to them about their, their expectations for the race or how they, how they want to approach it in terms of pacing. I do love it when they, when they say the most important thing is that I want to feel good at the end or I want to finish strong or I want a negative split. I love when they talk about that just because I feel like that's easier to kind of hone in and focus on than it is to like be go all in on this time. Mm -hmm. Um, because if the only thing they're thinking about is the time, a lot of times they, they've kind of forgotten all the steps that are required in order to hit the time, right? So what's required? Well, we got to start conservative. we got to maybe feel really strong. We have to be really mentally tough, especially when it starts to get hard and we have to grind it out. And so, you know, we want to train this way to prepare to race this way. And um, a lot of times... There's
0: uncontrollables. Yes,
1: exactly. On race day, there's all the time, especially in marathons.
0: Always uncontrollables. And I think that's the funny part about these time goals is like you might get hit with a bunch of uncontrollables on race day. And if that, if your only why for doing the race is like a time goal and you fall off of it, it's like, well, man, mentally you're going to go to a dark place if something uncontrollable happens and for whatever reason. So my last marathon when I ran 3:01:08, right, 69 seconds away from sub sub three, um, I actually stopped to go to the bathroom twice during the race. And if you look at my elapsed time, like on Strava or whatever, it says I, you know, I broke three. And so, like, I don't really care, like, whatever. I, you know, I did as much as I could. I raced um, as strong as I could, but that's an uncontrollable, right? All of a sudden, like, you feel like you gotta go to the bathroom. Like, you don't have a lot of options in that that case obviously there's things you can do to try to like mitigate the risks of these things happening so of course we choose races that are gonna be um, hopefully not warm gonna be fast courses you're you're gonna practice your feeling you're gonna train as much as you can but sometimes you do all of those things and race day comes and you still have something that happens and that race ended up also being a little bit warmer um, than I thought or it felt warmer because you know i'm coming from minnesota and it was in april and i hadn't felt warmer than 30 degrees in like six months so you know 70 degrees it felt very warm um but you know if i would have gone into that race you know the first couple miles and said wow it's, it's feeling really hot like i'm not gonna hit my time goal oh like game over I probably would have like DNF'd, you know, and obviously you're going to have some thoughts like that during the race, but if that's the only reason for you being out there, it's going to be a real tough day. And so that's why I think it's important to like have other reasons why you're Mm -hmm. out there or just have other goals that aren't necessarily attached to a specific time goal so you might kind of look back of how did you feel during your workouts how did you motivate yourself to push yourself during workouts and it all kind of is a full circle effect because when you're in those workouts and you're trying to push yourself just remembering like why you're out there and like what the benefits are to pushing yourself are and it doesn't necessarily have to be time related it can be well I just want to like See if I can run, you know, like a little bit faster than the last one. Or I want to see if I can push a little bit harder. And so sometimes those Mm -hmm. intangible sort of perceived effort things I find um, help me with longevity and just help me stay motivated for longer and push myself harder. Because if I'm always going based off of time, you know, the second you run, even a second slower, there it goes.
1: Yeah, and I think the more you can focus on some of those non-time-based goals and achieve them over time, I think that, that um, that'll just help you when you do have a race where maybe you, you've put in all this effort and you do want to hit a certain time. Mm-hmm. Well, if you come up a little short, at least you've you've practiced like all of the other intangibles that you mentioned. And so hopefully you'll have some positive takeaways. And you understand that not every race is going to be a... Um, you know, you're going to reach your potential. Um, and not every race is the end-all, be-all, too. You know, we get some athletes they are so disappointed after their fall okay. marathon, but it's like, well, you still... Completed the, the distance, which is really hard. You gained, you know, the experience, the mental toughness. You kind of know what to change for next time, um, and so it's it's sort of like a launching pad to the next race. So I, you know, I don't want athletes to just like forget about that.
0: Right, and I think sometimes, I mean, it's totally natural to go to that space. Like when I posted like my watch after the marathon, they're like, "Oh my gosh, if you would have ran the tangents, because it came up like twenty six mm. point five, you would have." And I'm like, no, marathons are always long. Like, you can't, there's these uncontrollables, there's things that are going to happen and you can't, um, you can't get so defeated that it like totally destroys your motivation going forward in the future. So it's like, you know what you did, you know what you're capable of. And I think having that sort of confidence, both going into the race and then after the race, even if you don't hit like that elusive A goal that you had, because I'm not going to lie, like that was my A goal, right? Like sub three, I wanted Mm -hmm. to do it. But when on paper, supposedly, you know, you didn't hit it. It's like, well, I did everything that I could. And having that sort of confidence and knowing that, you know, you did the best that you could, I think, can really help with staying motivated and avoiding that burnout. Because if you start beating yourself up about like, oh, you know, if you would have just done this or that, um, it doesn't really help.
1: Yeah, I think it's really tough when we talking about the marathon because you, you only get so many opportunities to run them, right? right. Like there's such a buildup and whatnot. And that's why I think it's good to do other races just because you go through mm-hmm. the, you, you go through the process, right. Of like not meeting your goal or, uh, going into a race and not really having a goal. I think that's totally okay too. Um, or not having a time goal rather. And so through the, doing those shorter races, it just kind of teaches you how to like, um, make adjustments or, you know, how to take away positives, um, identify things you can improve for the future. Um, And that'll eventually make you a better racer when you get into those longer races, longer distances.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point to bring up too, because I mean, when it comes to your why and maybe you realize that like what you value isn't in alignment with like the races that you're signed up for. For example, what does that mean? Um, Let's say you don't like running long. Let's say you don't like spending your whole weekend like Saturday morning doing a three hour long run. Let's say you just like doing 5Ks. And you haven't ever really consciously thought about these things and realized, hey, there's like other options out there. I don't have to, like, quote unquote, have to do a marathon. Um, I think sometimes there's just like a lot of pressure around marathon training, signing up for marathon after marathon, especially once you give yourself like the label of like marathoner or like I run marathons. Um, it can be hard to kind of take a step back. And I know even my Instagram handle, right? It's like Marathon or mother or whatever I don't even what is it mother I don't even know marathon or mother I don't know, um, but by calling myself like marathoner I've had a really hard time kind of with that handle I've gone back and forth like should I change it because you don't want that to be like are you don't want to title yourself as something that is right. you want to be able to be flexible and change like you're not one event you're not one race you are a person <laughs> and you can kind of select and choose what you um train for and i know sometimes when i make the transition to doing mm-hmm. shorter distance races people are like what are you training for what are you training for and then you say oh i'm training for a 5k and they're like what oh are you are you like pregnant or something it's like no i'm just training for a shorter I'm distance race yeah. yeah and i think um if more people in like the running culture and community kind of came out and talked about like hey no i'm just switching up i'm doing 5ks i'm doing 10ks i'm doing a half this year um that's that would be cool to give people kind of that permission to do whatever they feel like doing instead of doing like only marathons i know um in the running culture it's the marathon's kind of like the the big i don't know like the holy grail i guess
1: yeah and with the half and full especially people think that the progress needs to be like linear so that they run like 150 then they need to run like 145 then 140 and but like you can still run maybe a little bit slower. Let's say you ran a slower time, but on a much faster course or the weather was just like way hotter and you ran just a few minutes slower. Like to me, those are wins. And so you have to really think about, um, um, what are you getting out of each experience? And the times are not always going to be, you know, it kind of goes back to like high school, cross country and track. Like you don't run every single race and get faster the whole season. Right. You run on some tougher courses, you run on some tougher conditions, um, but because you did all those experiences, the hope is by the end of the season, when you get to like conference or s- sections or state, you have your best performance because you're well-equipped, you're prepared, you've competed n- numerous times, you've put in the train and you've tapered. Um, and so it's kind of the same thing when we talk about road racing.
0: Right. And I love how you said that when you train for half or full, the idea, I think a lot of people get, because when you're new to the sport, this may be the case is that PRs almost are easy to come by, right? It's like you just do a little training and you're going to be able to PR. But as you do more, maybe more, you get faster, faster, that law of diminishing returns starts to creep up and it's going to become harder to get faster. Or even so, you might have like a race where it's hot or all these uncontrollables happen. So, you're not even gonna have a chance to um, run a faster time. And so progress will not be linear. And wouldn't that be tough if you spent four to six months training for a race with your only reason, your only why being, I gotta hit this time goal. Um, and then all of a sudden like no shot or no chance. I mean, that's gonna be a tough pill to swallow mainly because the thing that was getting you up in the morning was based on, like, this one-time goal. And that's where I think people really get kind of stuck is they they do that. Like, maybe it's, like, Boston qualify. And then Mm -hmm. they come up short, but, like, they made so much progress. And they are doing so many positive things. And it's such a good habit that they have in their life. But there's, like, that disconnect mentally. And then when they have one of those races, it can just kind of deteriorate everything and get them to a place where they just don't want to run ever again. Because again, if your why every day was, I am going to break this three hour barrier or whatever, and then all of a sudden you don't get it on race day, it can be absolutely devastating. And then you have a hard time trusting that it'll ever be worth it again.
1: Right. And we see people on social media, right, who do make those significant gains. And maybe they jump from a 345 to 328 and they hit their BQ qualifier and Um, you know, and they did it in just like one race from one fall to the next or whatever. And so we think like, we want that to be us, right? So we train the same mentality and then we're devastated when that doesn't happen Mm -hmm. to us. And we have to just not compare ourselves to other situations or other people out there. And, um, you know, hopefully if you stay in it long enough, the pendulum will swing back your way and you'll have a performance that you're proud of. And so it could take you a little bit longer. Um, we're all unique individuals, so we're not going to experience gains at the same rates.
0: Right. Yeah. And I mean, your why. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting conversation to think about. But I think just being realistic, having maybe more than one reason why and making sure that it's in alignment with like your value system. Um, I just had like a weird thought of, oh, maybe, you know, my why is I want to be healthy. Well, what if... You know, you're doing running to be healthy and then all of a sudden you get this like cancer diagnosis or something like that. And this is getting a little bit philosophical here, but you could flip that and be like, well, you know, if you weren't running, maybe this would have happened sooner or maybe you'd be even in a worse spot. So you really can't Mm -hmm. say um, for certain that you'd be... no one's invincible, right? And so you're just doing the best that you can and having reasons why you get up and run, I think is really an important part of running and making sure that it's in alignment with your values.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like people with young kids, especially, I know that's Mm -hmm. motivated for me. Our kids are young, but wanting to run longer so that they kind of see that their dad was a runner as they get older. And I just think that's cool. If you have even kids like in their teens or whatever, they're going to, you know, look up to you if, if you're, you have a hobby and it's something that you put a lot of effort into it. I think that that says a lot about your character and what you value and not only value your health but um that commitment to to um you know, your running.
0: Yeah, I think that's another interesting topic where people say Oh, like my why is my kids and there's there's so much that kind of goes into that and yeah, I'm sure there's <laughs> that's a whole another podcast episode of Having like a positive example, there's just so many benefits to seeing someone who is physically fit. And that's another thing you could think about is if like you are a runner, you probably are if you're listening to this. um, You're like that influence on other people. And so maybe there's things that you're not realizing that running is doing to others around you. But being that positive influence, like you could be changing someone's life. And you don't even really know that you're having that impact. And just a fun tidbit story is I started running like over a decade ago. And then my mom wanted to get into running a few years later. And even after that, it's like my dad wanted to get into running. The person who I never, ever thought, he would never ran a step in his life. And it was like when he was 55 years old all of a sudden signing up for 5k's and he has done a few marathons even mm. and so you might think oh that'll that'll never be me or my parents will never get into it and it's like well maybe not your parents but maybe a co-worker maybe you're inspiring a cousin or your right. nephew or you just don't know who you are impacting and so If you start changing your why and starting to come up with reasons like I want to be a positive influence on the people around me or I want people to, you know, exercise more, be healthy, be happier versions of themselves because running makes me happy. And so I just I think it's a really cool thing that you can spread and give to others as well.
1: Yeah, I think uh, all the things you mentioned are really, really good to think about and we definitely want to avoid that hamster wheel of like the time goal and be, you know, cause then we get burnt out. So we need to be thinking about what are the other benefits? Why are we, why are we doing this? What's our why? And that can change. And yes. it's important to change, especially if you find yourself uh, in a negative headspace or you're losing motivation or, you know, just find yourself not running very much.
0: Right. And it will change over time with your seasons of life. I know when I got pregnant the first time, like I guess I didn't realize how much of my motivation for running comes from maybe like how i'm feeling how i'm looking and how my running is going um just those sort of benchmarks they weren't there anymore and so in order to kind of stay motivated it's like i had to shift things to okay like i want to stay healthy during this pregnancy i want to listen to my body like those sort of things and so not only did my running obviously look a lot different or just fitness in general because i didn't run the whole time um but my motivation also had its shift. And then even having kids, I think you mentioned before, like your motivation and all of that stuff. Sometimes for the mom, it can be a flip of a switch of, I don't have time to do this anymore, right? right. Like it can be a really overwhelming season of like, I don't have time to dedicate to the type of training I was doing before. And so sometimes, again, with that black or white, the flip of a switch just kind of turns yep. it off. And so sometimes coming up with a new reason why, and for me, a lot of that was like, I want to be able to, feel good so what sort of training is going to help me feel good and so sometimes that's stepping away from the marathon distance you know when you have really really young kids there was like a season there where chase was just a crazy toddler and i was like there's no way i can train for anything long distance right now because i have to be on my feet active all the time chasing around and so it's okay for things to be shifting to the season of life that you're in and then running can always kind of give you something it doesn't always have to be taking and so if you're ever feeling like running is just taking 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 from you and it's just not a good place for you I think that's a time where you can start to like reevaluate like what did I used to get out of running or like what can running provide for me and how can I frame it in my life so that everything can be better and that you cannot be so stressed out about running because that's the tough part is when i see even myself or others around me get like stressed about running i'm like oh no like that's when you know things are maybe headed in the wrong direction or you should start your taper soon (laughs) well
1: what you just said was you know i think we've both been through that and i think you're able to kind of take a step back and like get over that negative negativity and reframe it so that you don't really miss time um i've done that though where i've taken weeks off at a time and so oh, it's yeah. yeah you have to really catch yourself doing it and um you know maybe figure out well what what does sound a- attainable for right now yeah i'm really busy or i'm not sleeping well right kids are keeping me up at mm. night whatever and so maybe it's running just like two or three miles a time a couple of days a week whatever it is just so that you have. Some semblance of running, so when you get back to it, it's not like a huge shock on your body. Because we've all, you know, come back to running after a long time off, and it, it can be really, really hard. And so um, it's best if you can stay somewhat consistent. Um, so you not only are physically ready to ramp it up, but you, you're getting all those other benefits that we talked about earlier. So,
0: yeah, definitely. And coming back can be super hard, especially if you have taken time off. And I know we've done podcasts on that in the past, but it's hard not to play that comparison game comparing yourself to maybe where you were before so if you're in that process of like changing your why also think about like maybe changing those benchmarks and you don't always have to be like measuring up against the past necessarily and i think being able to start fresh um is really freeing and not holding yourself to prior standards kind of like waking up every day as all as though like this is the first time you've ever ran this is the first time you're ever consciously aware of like what running is and just forgetting that you've ever ran a race before can sometimes be this really freeing experience. Cause if you're constantly holding yourself to, well, once upon a time I ran, you know, this time, right. and I'm sure you kind of are familiar with that. Cause it's like, what's like mm-hmm. a four fourteen mile. And it's like, you, you're so far from that fitness right now that if you were constantly like right. benchmarking against that, it would just be so defeating.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you got to stop comparing yourself to previous versions of yourself or just, you know, get away from the time and think about something else that's going to motivate you or give you that sense of just like feeling whole and and content with your running. And so whatever that might be, hopefully we were able to kind of give you several examples throughout this podcast, but, um, yeah, it's definitely fun, and maybe even it's a social thing. I know maybe mm. finding a group of runners that you can go. You know, when I think back to runners, I've been a group. I've been in at in-person groups over the years. Um, I feel like a lot of people just show up because of that social time. Right. They don't even really care about the races or the times, and so, um, you know, that could be maybe your why. Let's
0: I think most involved. people, yeah, they don't really care as much about the times. I think there are, you know, those people that do, but I think for the most part, a lot of people are more chill about it um which is cool especially when you're going to those groups like usually the people who are at the groups i'm saying are they're more um type b maybe they just are more there for the socializing and maybe they've been running for a long time so they're like in a different season with their training and it's not super cutthroat and i guess it also depends on like the group you're going to like Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's probably some really competitive groups as well but I think that can be a really good tool to utilize within your training as well. Because I think living in the culture that we're living in right now, um, you know, coming out of the pandemic, I, I think even going into the pandemic, people were pretty isolated just with the rise of social media. Um, a lot of that stuff just kind of separated people naturally. But then, you know, once the pandemic hit, it almost became the norm of not talking to other people, not engaging. Um, and I don't really know that everyone's gotten 100% back to... Doing things that they used to do, and I think that connection piece and the socializing it is really important. And if you have a common hobby with someone like running, it can be a good way to kind of kill two birds with one stone, or at least kind of like get you back into that social atmosphere. Um, because being isolated is actually like really bad for your um your your health, like your physical health. Um, Yeah, they've done like so many studies on it i don't want to quote but it's like it's just as bad for your health as doing some other really bad habits so i think just knowing that and and maybe utilizing these groups um to get multiple benefits not just one singular thing from running
1: yeah not just running to uh, impress people on social media either like Mm. Strava or i think because really we think you know. If you're someone that maybe thinks about that a lot, um, you're thinking about it more than other people are, to be honest. Like other people, they might see it, they might hit like or, but they're not really like thinking about your training or. Oh, I wonder what they can run for a race. Um, I, I think that for a lot maybe of us, we need stalker. to. Yeah. <laughs> there are, yeah, but I think that um, we get it in our own heads, and if we see like a bunch of people like a workout, then we might be motivated by that for a while, right? And so. Mm. I think um, the more you can do things for you and, and those other reasons, and they're not always tied into the time, I think the better.
0: Yeah, and I think that can be, you know, it can be a why, right? Some people, it's like they, they run so that they can post on social media or they run because they get likes on Strava. And maybe that's part of your why, um, but just also knowing that that only goes so deep and like if Instagram or if Strava were to shut down tomorrow. Or Garmin, before. Right, I think it's just important to have yeah. other, um, non non uncontrollable wise as well too and just having multiple reasons why you're doing it and also it's important to remember that if you're doing it to kind of impress other people there is going to be that factor of like pressure of okay now i have to do what um what people want me to do and i've coached a few people who have large followings on social media obviously because our instagram account we're very active on there um so sometimes people who also have large accounts will start following or they'll ask to work with me and sometimes they're like they have opened up and said Mm -hmm. i you know i feel a lot of pressure that i have to like redo this race or do these marathons and sometimes it can just lead to tougher races than it needs to be because there is that pressure there's such a buildup; everyone's watching you and i don't think a lot of people think about that aspect but it actually makes your running harder in certain ways some people they love pressure they love to thrive under pressure but i'd say most people it it's an added form of pressure and anxiety so if you already struggle with that sort of thing i think you know putting it out there for the whole world to watch and see can amplify those things
1: yeah you said it really well like some people do thrive off it right, right. And so that might be what motivates them and they may actually get better results because of that yep. right but like if you're not quite that way it could actually be hurting you and so um, you know yep. just Yeah, don't always compare and and do what you see on social media.
0: Yep, just knowing yourself, and that's kind of the whole topic of this podcast, a little bit different than what we normally do, but I think it's important to talk about some of the mental components of running, especially as we're headed into these fall races, so just really important to remember that you're more than the race clock and any sort of time goal. Your longevity in the sport is going to extend long beyond any of these fall races, and you are able to set goals that kind of excite you. So don't feel like you have to set a specific time-related goal. You can set a lot of non-time-based goals and just celebrate what you've accomplished along the way. And remember to trust your training and trust the process and enjoy your running.
1: Yeah, find joy in the journey, right?
0: Yeah, definitely going back to that quote. That's what it's about. Yeah, bear any bear any how, right? If you can, if you have any why, you can bear almost any how. So, Um, This was a great podcast. I'm glad everyone tuned in and hopefully we can chat to you with a free 7-day trial if that's something you're interested in, looking into training with a coach and working with an individualized custom training plan can really take your training to the next level. Your coach will not only have a training plan that's really specific, catered to your fitness level background, all of those things, but also they're going to go over a lot of those like mental aspects of training that we're talking about here on the podcast. And so sometimes having someone that has coached other runners mentally and really been there themselves can offer a perspective on your training and maybe your mindset and approach to things that maybe you didn't think of yourself. And that mental part of training is huge, right? So our bodies are actually capable of a lot. And I think sometimes as athletes, we mentally... Fall short because our mind kind of limits what our body is able to do, and so that's why working with a coach can be a great tool to help you reach the next level and to help you really uncover like why you're doing it, what is the reason, and other mental tools that help you stay more consistent and motivated during your training. So you can fill out the form at www.runforprs.com, and we do set up with a free seven-day trial working with a coach and you can get connected with a real coach today. Again, that's www.runforprs.com. Thanks for tuning in.